We're not going to beat you 52 to 3. Evidently not. So far, all three of Notre Dame's wins have been decided by just one possession. We're going to grind it out. We're going to play tough, hard-nosed, blue-collar football. But the good news, every game so far has been a win. So where did the average stand a quarter of the way through the season? Well, that's the biggest question of them all. On the road for the first time today at Wake Forest, it's time to start sorting out the answers. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome. This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Will Ian Book start today, or is Brian Kelly just messing with all our heads, including Wake Forest? After three straight wins to start the season, all decided by one possession, Notre Dame is on the road for the first time today. We're now just about three hours to kick off between the Irish and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. We're also presented by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by former St. Joe and Elkhart Memorial football coach Kevin Downey. And Kevin, three weeks, three one-possession wins, including a nail-biter 22-17 over Vanderbilt last week, and we're now just three more hours away till we figure out what's going on with this quarterback situation. Oh, yeah. Well, it's no lack of drama for the uh, quarterback situation or even just the whole Notre Dame offense. <laughs> they are really uh, keeping us on the edge of our seats because we don't know who's going to show up. All right. On tap on this morning's show, our focus on faith segment with fifth year senior tight end Nick Wisher. After the death of his brother in 2012, his family started a foundation that has helped more than 150 families battle cancer. They've raised more than eight hundred thousand dollars to do so nick is as good as they get in terms of model student athletes you won't want to miss his story coming up later on in the show we're a quarter of a way through the season so kevin and i will give out our first quarter uh report cards position by position that should be interesting and of course we'll preview today's game against Vanderbilt with our keys to the game and predictions uh, let's start with a lot of rumblings this week that Ian Book might start today's game here's what Brian Kelly had to say when asked who his starter is a few times just two days ago they're both going to play I've said that all year they're, they're both um, we need them both to win and uh, they're both ready you know they're both going to play. They're both prepared. They're both ready to go, and um, we're going to we're going to need both of them to win. All right, I I find those comments interesting because he's asked point blank. Well, all right, well you start with Wimbush, and he goes, ah, they're both going to play. He avoided saying, yeah, Wimbush is going to start the game. What do you, what did you make of what he had to say there? Well, right when I think I haven't figured out that the roles are Ian Book is a, a package player. You know, he'll come in as Brian Kelly said earlier, take the direct snap because he does it better than uh, Winbush. And you know, they package it so he had two backs, three tight ends, like a short yardage goal line situation. And it's in my humble opinion, I don't think it's great to have two quarterbacks. But I thought, you know what? In grading, that's not a bad role for for Ian Book. You get him experience, you get him uh, doing what he does well, and he's still on the field in case anything happens to Winbush because I thought Winbush was the guy, (laughs) I guess, as all of us did. Um, Man, I I don't know. I guess uh, Brian Kelly keeps us guessing. Tim Priester of Irish Illustrator reported Friday, unless there is a change of heart, Ian Book will start versus Wake Forest. All right, here's the part that, is throwing me off completely with this. The one thing Brandon Wimbush has done well is the opening drive of the game. (laughs) Notre Dame got a touchdown against Michigan, a touchdown against Ball State, a field goal against Vanderbilt. That's what's been working really well. So that's the part that gets me. Now, I tweeted this out yesterday. If you told me Ian Book ends up playing more than Brandon Wimbush against Wake Forest, based on the flow of the game, the fact that Wake Forest is running 105 plays, you got to get some more scoring, and and Wimbush's offense is stalling, and you got to get Book in the game. I'm okay. I can see that, but you're gonna just flat out start Ian Book. It just it doesn't make sense to me, and that's the part that makes me wonder if Brian Kelly's being coy. To mess with us, 
but more so to get in the head of Dave Clawson and Wake Forest to be like, ah, if you're planning on preparing for the throw, the running quarterback, yeah. well, make sure you're ready for the throwing quarterback as well. Well, and they have their own little quarterback drama too, so maybe it's just a little back and forth between the two head coaches. Um, but. Right. <laughs> I mean, and then that's true. Dave Clawson, their, 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 their quarterback who was projected to be their starter a- entering the season, Kendall Hinton, was suspended for three games for a violation of team rules. That suspension is now over, so he is eligible to play today. Uh, Sam Hartman has been the freshman who has started, and Dave Clawson has said, well, I he flat out said, well, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do because I'm sure – Notre Dame wants to know. So I don't know. Maybe Brian Kelly heard those and is like, all right, well, I'm going to amp it up. <laughs> or maybe Ian Book's going to start today. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of blown away, too. Right when you think you get it uh, figured out, <laughs> then there's a new wrinkle or some drama. I mean, I guess, you know, Brandon Winbush's offense, big picture, he's a great runner, right? He's one of their better runners. Um, and they've invested a lot of time. You know, a lot of the stuff that they do with him and the run game and the pass game is all predicated or, or seems to be totally based on Brandon Winbush's strengths. So they do a lot of, like, reads, zone reads, a lot of uh, – actually, their biggest play that I saw last week that they really came through with was an inverted veer with power blocking. So – Basically, they're not blocking a defensive end, a very athletic guy, and they're letting another athletic guy make the right choice with where to put the ball. Um, with with all that, uh, what what is Ian Book's role? <laughs> you know, we've seen him again package, but you know, you and I were talking uh, before. He's had some experience. He has over two hundred plays. Oh yeah, in games. I think he's capable. That's that's not my question. Yeah, my question is why now. Well, the rationale, I, I don't think we know that. <laughs> Maybe it's something at practice. Well, Maybe Winbush that's the only injury. Thing I, I mean, what? <laughs> that's the only – well, he said – well, then he's being coy that both quarterbacks are going to play, right? I mean, maybe yeah. – that's the only thing I could think of is, yes, maybe maybe there's an injury or maybe Wimbush really did not look good in practice this week. Or maybe there was something off the field that Kelly was not happy about. He missed – he was late to a team practice. He was late to a team meeting. I don't know. Um, everything I gather about Brandon Wimbush, he's not that type of player, and mm-hmm. he does all those little things correctly. So I wouldn't think that'd be the case. But that's the only thing that comes to mind that makes sense because if you're going to make a switch at quarterback, why wouldn't you have done it last week heading into the Vanderbilt game? After the Ball State game. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Wimbush was horrible <laughs> against Ball State. He was 17 of 31, 55% throwing. He did have 297 yards, but he had no touchdown passes and three interceptions. He only had 11 carries for seven yards because he hung on to the football so much he got sacked 32 times and lost all the yardage. Oh, yeah. Loss of yardage was huge. Yeah, and then but then against Vanderbilt, okay, the numbers aren't jumping out to you as extraordinary. He's 13 of 23, but 56.5% completion percentage. That's his best game of the year in that regard. He had only 122 yards passing, no touchdown passes, but he didn't have any interceptions. That's the first of the three games where he didn't turn the ball over. And he had 19 carries for 84 yards, including a touchdown, which was a fantastic uh, 11-yard scamper in the you know early on that was a crucial point in the game. That was a, a, a play that was designed to be a pass. Wimbush went out and was like, all right, I got nothing. I'm going to run here for the touchdown. And that's what he brings. That's the element to the game he brings. So I want to know what changed that you're going to get to this point. Or did we get to this point? Maybe we haven't. Maybe again, Brian Kelly's just messing with us. And three hours when the team takes the field, here comes Wimbush. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, it's it's a head-scratcher. I really don't know either. It, another thing, too, though, look at what situation he's put Ian Book in because he did also talk a lot about uh, Ian this week. He's a good player. He's a you know great, good recruit. We brought him in. We believe in him. Um, but they also, because of the package, they would take him out in short yards and goal line, uh, take out Wimbush and put in Ian Book. So I, I don't know. There's there's something definitely cooking. I guess we'll just have to wait till kickoff to figure it out. Or maybe there's not. The Irish are on the road today, but if you're going to one of Notre Dame's final three home games, including uh, next week against Stanford, you should look into the Duncan First Floor Game Day Club. It's a new in-game hospitality experience happening every Notre Dame football home game, complete with beer, wine, and live entertainment. You hear that? Beer and wine. 
during the game available by being a part of the Game Day Club. For more information and to purchase, visit venue.nd.ndu. All right, uh, Brian Kelly was asked if this was a game that dictates book playing more. Here's what the Irish coach had to say about that. You know, I, I think each each and every week what we've tried to do is um, know that we have assets on our team and and we're going we're gonna to apply those assets to where we think um, makes sense uh, for us to win. And so each and every week when we started this um, back in, in August, it was to prepare our guys for when we thought um, you know, it was uh, it was in our best interests, and so we've got good players. We're, we're coaching them, um, and we got we got good receivers that that will appear at different times. We've got tight ends, and and we've got quarterbacks. Uh, so they're both prepared to help us. Oh, okay. So it's just like any other position. <laughs> Except it's quarterback, right? <laughs> They're the ones that make your whole offense go. They have the hands on the ball every play. All right, you're, you're the you're a coach, a longtime coach at St. Joe Memorial. You you were a grad assistant at Ball State. We understand the quarterback is a different position. And here's the thing: if Ian Book starts this game, aren't you worried about Brandon Wimbush's psyche for the rest of the season? Yeah, his uh, his confidence and. It, if if you look back, that's what we were worried about. Kind of big picture with him was his confidence after the bowl game where Ian Book came in. I, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes and what goes on in practice. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of stuff that must drive these decisions, but it, it almost seems like we're manufacturing our own drama <laughs> at a position where you do want confidence and not just in the quarterback's confidence, but confidence in the whole unit and the whole team. I, I think when it's all said and done, Brandon Wimbush starts this game. I, I think this was just a little – and, again, I'm not questioning Tim Priester's reporting. Yep. He's one of the very best. But I I honestly believe that – I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, hey, let's just float this out there. Somebody tell some of the reporters out there that we think Book's going to start. And, then, you know, we had a last-second change of heart, and we went with Wimbush ultimately. He starts the game. They get their touchdown. That's all they care about yeah. was to get that <laughs> opening drive touchdown, get it started, and then – and then move on. That, that's that's what I think happens. But if you tell me Book ends up playing more, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that today. But I, I think Wimbush ends up starting. But we'll see. All right. I hope you enjoyed last night's battle between Marion and Bremen in our Tire Act Game of the Week. Next Friday, we'll be on the road with St. Joe as they take on Mishawaka in a huge NIC North showdown. Notre Dame FCU's tailgate talk gets you started at 6 p.m. with the Tire Act Game of the Week at 7 p.m. Every Friday here on Redeemer Radio 95.7. Nice uh, effort from your alma mater last night against Penn, huh? Only losing by eight points. you got to be happy to see that. Yeah, they have a lot of good players, and they seem to be playing really hard this year. All right, time for a timeout. Imagine being in high school, being recruited by some of the best colleges in the country, but your older brother is dying of cancer. That's what happened to tight end Nick Wisher when he was in high school. In six years since his brother's death, Nick and his family have raised more than $800,000 to assist more than 100 families battling cancer. You won't want to miss our Focus on Faith segment with Nick Wisher coming up right after this timeout. Hey, football fans. This is Steve Pizarro from Cressy Everett Real Estate. If you're considering buying or selling your home, then listen up and visit southbendsteve.com. Just like in football, the excellence is in the execution. So forget the stress of buying or selling a home and call me today at 574-229-4040. That's 229-4040. So remember, Steve Bizarro, your Michiana real estate expert, and visit southbendsteve.com. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! (laughs) 
Welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. I'm still fired up about this quarterback situation. I mean, I eh, we're going to talk about it throughout the show, but let's turn our attention now to our Focus on Faith segment and uh, a, a great individual. Fifth-year senior tight end Nick Wisher returned to Notre Dame despite being third or fourth on the depth chart. Kevin, when, when you hear that, you know, you have an opportunity to transfer, go somewhere else, and you decide to come back for, for your fifth year um, low in the depth chart. That already says this is a team-oriented guy, doesn't it? Well, and I think, too, the way that his uh, teammates talk about yeah. him and even his coaches, they say that he's a leader, and it takes a special person to be a leader on a football team when you're third or fourth string. The touchdown pass that Ian Book did throw last week, that was the difference in this game that maybe is perhaps the reason Book is now going to allegedly start today's game. Well, that was to Nick Wisher, and everyone was fired up on the sideline, including the other quarterback, Brandon Wimbush, who didn't even throw the TD. Every time he catches a ball, you see the rest of the sideline get so riled up. I mean, it's awesome to have a fifth-year guy who came back and wanted to contribute um, you know, to more than just winning football games but to the community and, and such a bigger picture for Wish and um, we're excited for him and whenever he gets the ball it's typically or whenever he's targeted he typically catches it and makes a great play. Uh, he is a, a, a very influential player on our football team so when he gets in the game um, it's it's important to him and uh, when he makes plays um, it's it sends you know a real positive feeling amongst our football team. You are going to say <laughs> just just what a special player that you have to be um in the behind the scenes stuff again that we don't get to see so the practice the meetings and in today's day and age you hit on a little bit uh the graduate you know the people that transfer in college is, is pretty wild to me um but to hit, choose to come back and to uh have a chance to make an impact and have it be a special season speaks to nick all right, Wisher has been named to the All-State Good Works team, featuring 22 players nationwide who do good things off the football field. And this kid does a lot of good things. Lost his brother to cancer six years ago, and through faith, it's inspired the Wisher family to help others. Here's my conversation with fifth-year senior tight end Nick Wisher on this week's edition of Focus on Faith. You haven't had too many opportunities this year, but obviously last Saturday you made the most of your opportunities. What was it like to get that huge touchdown that proved to be the difference maker in the game? Yeah, it was great, uh, obviously, and, um, you know, kind of a pivotal moment in the game and to be able to get the touchdown for the team and um, ultimately the game-winning touchdown was a pretty great feeling. You got a big reaction from, from your teammates. When you see that, what does that mean to you to, to get that kind of reaction from, from your guys who obviously are genuinely love the fact that it was you that got the touchdown? Yeah, it's special. Um, you know, obviously all these guys are my best friends and to see them react that way and see everybody go crazy is uh, it's pretty, pretty surreal feeling. That's for sure. You have your degree uh, from Mendoza. You came into the year maybe the third, fourth tight end on the depth chart. So you obviously could have gone somewhere else, uh, you know, had more of an opportunity, been a starter at a lot of places. What made you decide, nope, I'm staying for my fifth year at Notre Dame? Yeah, it's a little bit of a combination of everything. Um, so on the football side, I, I sat down with Coach Kelly and Coach Long and um, just kind of asked them, what do they what do they see my role as? And first and foremost, they said as, as a leader of this team. And I thought that was, you know, pretty awesome to hear. And on the football side of things, obviously, um, they, they see me as a playmaker and a guy that can make plays when called upon. So uh, just hearing those two things was the main reason I came back football-wise. And um, just secondly, just I, I didn't want to leave these guys. Um, like I just said, they're, they're some of my best friends on this team. And um, just everybody in this program is just so nice and um, just great people. And that's something I didn't want to leave. We're speaking with Irish senior tight end Nick Wisher here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Nick had a huge touchdown against Vandy last Saturday. Uh, I know you grew up in a very proud Catholic family in, in Chicago. Just kind of take us through how maybe faith played a role in your life as you grew up and how important it was for you. Yeah, absolutely. That was, um, you know, it was all faith and family were the two biggest things for me growing up and I uh, went to Catholic grade school um, you know kindergarten through eighth grade and then went to a Catholic high school so um, it's faith has always has played a huge role in my life and um, especially you know when my brother passed that was um, you know kind of the the one thing that got me and my family through it was our faith so um, you know God has played a huge role in my life and I see his uh, see his blessings daily. You mentioned the passing of your brother, Andrew, back in 2012. You were just in high school at the time. Um, how can you put into words how difficult that was to go through, especially as someone that was 
you know, you lose a sibling, that, that would never be easy. But to do it in high school, how, how tough were those times? Yeah, they were obviously extremely tough. You know, we had um, had a lot of good things going on at the time, too, obviously being recruited and, and things like that and, you know, playing high school football. and um, But to lose my brother, my best friend, was obviously something that um, – it was just so extremely hard for for me and my family and uh, but luckily you know we had great friends and family and a, a great support system on the south side of chicago that um you know kind of helped definitely helped us through it and um really drew us drew us closer to god as a family for sure how inspiring was your brother's fight to you and and your family oh it was um you know it's that's even hard to put in the words too how inspiring it was and you can see it through um you know all the work that the the foundation and you know all the people that are being helped through it um his uh his you know he put up a, an unbelievable fight he, he got in remission about a year later after he was diagnosed and um you know came back but um just the most amazing thing i think was um when people came to see him he was always asking about them he wanted to know how they were doing you know it's a kid who could barely walk and eat at this time and uh he, wa- he wanted to know about them because he actually cared and that was something that you know is I, I'll always remember to this day. And then the other thing was um, he was you know he was about two weeks away from passing, and I uh, was talking to the hospice nurse about different hospice care options, and he looked her in the eye and said, "I'm not done fighting." Um, and so that that kind of um, just unbelievable attitude of you know and optimism is is something that I'll carry to this day. He dies, and that night you go and play in a high school football game for Marist. How hard was that? And how important was it? And you have, obviously had a great game. You had 14 catches in the game. Um, what was that night like? Yeah, it was obviously extremely hard. And I think um, I think I, I did it mostly for my family, just to kind of get them out of the house, you know, and um, just get them away from um, away from things for a little bit. And uh, but yeah, it was obviously a, a very hard hard time for me. And um, but we so we played Bennett Academy and you know Bennett was uh, awesome that with the whole thing you know they had a moment of silence for my brother beforehand and were very gracious to my family and the parents in the stands so um, it was just you know it's something I felt like I needed to do and I felt like Andrew would have wanted me to do. This is Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame tight end Nick Wisher is our guest on our Focus on Faith segment. Uh, your family started the Andrew Wisher Foundation and kind of touched on that, but um, Wish Fest as well. well. We'll get to that in a second as one of the big music festivals in Chicago, but let's start with the foundation. Tell us why you guys decided to start it and who you guys benefit through the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before Andrew passed, he kind of brought, um, you know, my brother and I and, and my parents together and said, uh, the one the one thing I want to come out of this is to pay forward the kindness and generosity that he was shown. So, um, you know, throughout his battle, there were so many different people, like I mentioned, in different support systems coming together, just, you know, doing little things for us and um, just making our lives a little bit easier. And um, that's what Andrew Andrew wanted wants other families to feel that kind of love and support. So uh, with that, my older brother, Danny, had this idea of, having the Andrew Wisher Foundation and um, the Andrew Wisher Foundation raises money and and gives it directly to family and adolescents who need it so um, you know if I think the age group is zero to 26 and um, it's it's just been so great to be able to see all the families that have have been helped and uh, to go to these hospitals and see you know just um, just the suffering that they're going through but then to to be able to put a smile on their face even if for for a second is uh, it's just been so rewarding. To date, 150 families been burdened by cancer that you guys have helped, granting out over $800,000 in financial assistance. When I say those numbers, that's staggering for a foundation that's been around for six years. Yeah, it is. Um, but I think that's what um, makes it so special is that, you know, my older brother, Danny, kind of that, that heads up it. He uh, he has even greater visions. You know, he wants to make this one of the biggest charities in the country. So um, it's it's just been awesome, like I said, to just see the all the families we've helped and um, the, the relationships you build through this is, has been pretty special to see too. Yeah, I know Wishfest is one of the big reasons you guys have been able to raise this funds, a huge music festival. Uh, I think you guys call it what the biggest party in the South side yep, uh, uh, coming up on December 1st. Just uh, you, you've had third eye blind OAR there. Uh, how, how has this grown so big so fast? Tell us about it. Yeah, it's uh, so that's another just amazing th- vision Danny had. He um, he had this vision of Wishfest. Uh, um, you, you know, so we, we were thinking about it, you know, fundraisers on the south side. There's, um, you know, softball tournaments, things like that, golf tournaments. Uh, we wanted to make it a little bit different. And um, just with that, we had the, the vision of Wishfest. And 
Uh, we've grown a lot from our first year from having it the, the baseball stadium on the south side and um, so now we're at Bourbon Street but it's uh, it's it's an incredible time um, we invite everybody to come out December 1st basically just an all-day music festival um, and uh, great food and, and drinks and all that and, and fun times and this year we have Dispatch um, headlining and, and Easton Corbin uh, country guy too so a little bit for everybody and it's sure to be a great time. Notre Dame tight end Nick Wisher is our guest on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Sometimes uh, I guess a, the death, death of a loved one can have someone question their faith. I feel like it's brought you and your family closer to your faith yeah absolutely and um you definitely uh ask ask why you know why our family why andrew why such a good kid but um you just kind of look at it that that god was ready to you know to take andrew up to heaven and and have andrew look out after other people and um you know i spent a lot of time with our our priest at saint damon in, in oak forest and um you know just to to be surrounded by all the love and support you you see god working in your life even even through something like that so um it's uh it's special to see you know even through the, the foundation and all the work you're doing you can see um kind of got got at work through all of it and in addition to all the work you do with the foundation you're still a huge community service guy around here through the football program why why do you devote all that time still when you are obviously giving back quite a bit already uh what makes you decide well i'm still going to devote even more time here locally yeah i think it's just the way i, ra I was raised honestly and you know when you see people in need to to, to try to go and help them and uh you know we're given such a, a great platform here at notre dame and um, you know, people see you and it, it puts a smile on their face. And I think that's something that, um, you know, I may not have forever. So I wanted to take advantage of it at the time I'm here at Notre Dame and um, just be able to give back to the local community has been an awesome experience. And just to build relationships with the people that, you know, make this place so special. All this has led to you being named to the All-State Good Works team, which celebrates student-athletes for their extraordinary commitment to making a lasting impact off the field. Uh, you certainly have done that, and I'm sure you're very proud to make that 22-member squad with only 22 guys across the country, and you're on it. That, that's got to be an incredible honor. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, especially just reading through the bios of all the other guys on the team, and, um, you know, there's so many uh, – people out there and, and players out there that have done so much for their communities and to be recognized on a team like that is is, is really really cool and um, just again just glad thankful for the for the Notre Dame platform and um, for the Notre Dame you know media being able to help us out with uh, you know getting getting the message out there has been unbelievable you've accomplished so much at such a young age already where where do you see yourself in five to ten years um, that's a great, that's a great question. Hopefully I'll still be playing in the NFL. So that's my, my main goal. And, um, you know, keep going with that and just growing the foundation as, you know, as big and big and strong as we can. And, um, you know, if, if that doesn't work out, hopefully I'm, I'm doing something in the finance world. Uh, that's kind of, that's what my degree is. And, and, um, just whatever it is, I just hope to be making an impact on the, the lives around me. And what about the immediate goals? What do you want to accomplish between the, now and the end of this season? Yeah, the first and foremost, win a national championship. Um, that's you know that's the goal here. That's the standard, and um, we're on a, we're a good start right now, and have a have a big game against Wake coming up. That is Notre Dame senior tight end Nick Wisher, uh, an incredible student athlete. What a story that young man has, Kevin. What are your thoughts after hearing that? Well, I think his focus on the the faith, family, um, and obviously football, but the the faith aspects really impacting i think him going to the catholic grade school catholic high school and uh college definitely helped with all that he went through at again a young age my gosh i mean it's just it's amazing um but i guess to tie it back into the football thing that's uh that's probably why well i'm sure the kind of person he is is why his role on the team is to be a leader um whether he's on the field or not Absolutely incredible young man. We want to wish him a happy birthday. Just turned 23 on Wednesday, so he's he's an a grandpa of the team. <laughs> that is an amazing 23-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's accomplished more in 23 than many of us will do in a lifetime, so uh, no question uh, about that. Be sure to follow Redeemer Radio on social media on Twitter. It's at 957sports, and on Facebook, search for Redeemer Radio 957 Sports. We have the latest on not only Notre Dame, but the high school front as well each and every day. And we are presented by Orange Theory Fitness, voted the best one-hour full-body workout in the country. I go to Orange Theory. It's a lot of 
fun. You get the experience of a group workout while also getting personal attention from a great trainer if you need it. It's a great competitive spirit at Orange Theory while also allowing those at all fitness levels to succeed. Orange Theory Fitness is located at Heritage Square in Granger. Your first workout is free. All right, Kevin used to be a teacher, so why not give out some grades here? <laughs> when we come back, we're a quarter way through the season, so how are the Irish doing? We go position by position and grade them out. That's next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. What happens on the Kyle Hyman Show? Ooh, uh, good question. Good question. Good question. That's a really good question. That's a very good question. That's a great question. Great question. Yeah, you're onto something there, Kyle. Boy, <laughs> that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, what a great question. That's a great question. Great question. Great, great question, Kyle. Wonderful, wonderful question. That's probably one of the most challenging questions. Again, excellent question. Kyle, you stumped me. Um, I forgot what the question was. Find out weekdays from 7 to 8 a.m. Nicholas J. Salon and Spa on Eddy Street Commons, the ultimate salon experience. Whether it's a basic men's haircut, an everyday women's cut and color, a spa afternoon, or your wedding day, Nicholas J. Salon believes total beauty is within us all. Call Nicholas J. and Aveda Concept Salon today at 574-233-0700 or visit them on Eddy Street Commons. Welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Now about 150 minutes away, two and a half hours for those of you who can't do the math. And speaking of math, uh, yeah, we're going to give out some grades because math and grades are an important thing. And why not? First quarter, we're a quarter of the way through the season. So let's give out our first quarter grade reports. But before that, I want to tell you about our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. When you open an Elevate membership at Notre Dame FCU, you'll get $50 in your new account and another $50 for an eligible nonprofit like a Catholic high school, a parish, or even Redeemer Radio. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. All right, Kevin, uh, let's start. Let's go position by position here. We'll start at Oh, why not the quarterbacks? Uh, what grade do you give the Irish quarterbacks so far through three games? I'd say a C. You know, they're they're average. Um, I I guess we have to go by what we have seen up to this point, not what we uh, forecast or what we think may happen this week. But Wimbush obviously is a good runner. Um, he can be a, a game changer. They ask him to do a lot of things with the ball. And then Book, again, as a backup or situational player, has stepped in and done a good job. Uh, but with all that being said, the the quarterback position, you have to drive the offense and you have to make sure that everything is running because you have the ball in your hands every time. I'm actually a little bit more reasonable than, than most <laughs> Not saying you, I'm everyone. I, I think there's some. Hey, Brendan Wimbush gave himself a DD plus against yep. uh, against Ball State, and I would agree with that. But I think he deserved a, maybe a minus against Michigan because of how good Michigan's defense was. I thought he was a solid B last week against uh, against Vandy. That's why the whole book may start here today as reported by Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated that book will start uh, barring a last minute setback that's why it makes it all surprising because I think two of the three games Wimbush has done well I'm not going to say very good Uh, I think when you account for the running game I think he's done well so I'm going to grade the quarterbacks right now as a B minus so I guess I'm a little bit more positive than than most in that area how about the running backs Kevin Again, I think they're uh, pretty average. <laughs> I'd give them a C. Uh, I think, you know, they have the young man who hasn't gotten in yet. But the guys that have been there, the they're, uh, they're average, I think, at best. The, the big picture or big thing that I'd be hopeful for is that they're improving drastically. So running back, you have to be able to obviously run the ball, but you have to be able to catch it in modern football. You have to be able to block. Uh, there's a big learning curve, and they use multiple guys. So, again, I, I really think that they average out to a C. Dexter Williams is expected to be back for the Stanford game next week. We'll see, ultimately, how much he would play in that game. He's been under a um, secret probation 
uh, suspension four games that Notre Dame has never acknowledged. But magically, Watch will end up playing next week. Um, Tony Jones Jr., 39 carries for 224 yards. He's actually averaging 5.7 yards a, a carry this year and has two touchdowns. I just think they didn't give him the ball enough. They, they kind of went with Jafar Armstrong early on. Armstrong's been averaging just 3.8 yards per carry. Um, I, I, I'm going to give him a C plus. I don't think they're great by any means um i think they're just above average i think one of the reasons why they haven't been doing as well is because the offensive line's been struggling um so what do you grade the offensive line at right now you know it's tough but i think they're average i think it's a c and why it's tough is and i i think overall when i look at the whole offense i'd rate them as a c because they have such hope and and promise and they bring in really good recruits and offensive line if you look at the culture that they've developed, they bring in talented players. They they uh, progress, they improve, they get better. You know, player development's great, especially on the offensive line. Um, and the, their performance is up and down, right? So they have good games, bad games. It looks like breakdowns in uh, communication at times from the outside looking in. But if we play on kind of the positives that last game they improved drastically from the game before and vandy did a lot of the uh the same things that ball state took advantage of and they fixed the problems here here's the offensive line's problem consistency is very important in football and they've been all over the place obviously they were good against michigan because michigan's got a great defensive line they were terrible against ball state no no doubt about that and um and I think they were solid last week. So I'm going to grade them out to a C. I think if we were grading on a curve uh, based on what we expect from a Notre Dame offensive line, they'd probably be a D. And, you know, the running backs maybe would be a B because you would put the they blame on the off- expectations. Yeah, you'd have lower <laughs> expectations and you put the blame on the offensive line. But I think if I'll just give them a C right now. And I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think they've been a they've not lived up to the expectations that we would have for them. Um, wide receivers, tight ends, another group that's been really inconsistent. Your thoughts on that? I think they're average, but I'm, uh, I'm going to tie it back into the whole unit. Um, they, <laughs> do we really know what they can do? Is that, is it fair to ask with some well, of the quarterback drama? Um, so point. if you look at the big outside receivers, Boykin and Claypool, they're they're really hit or miss, but to be fair, they don't have the ball thrown their direction a a whole lot. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a run based offense with Winbush and based off play action and boots and, I mean, I don't know. And then when I watch them, I think those big physical kids, they should be able to to block really really well, um, and they don't. <laughs> There's a lot of their run pass option things that kind of blow up in their face. Uh, with the little screens and slot screens where they're supposed to block. Um, and again, my brother-in-law just sent me a uh, text that shows Claypool like pancaking guys. So I don't know. I mean, they're all <laughs> over the place. Uh, I will say that the, uh, the little slot receiver Fink, um, I know he's one of my favorite guys, but he, he's an overachiever. I love guys that can go out and do more. I, I think here's the thing with the wide receivers. You mentioned, hey, the quarterback play may bring them down. They also have kind of been bringing down the quarterback play a little bit. Uh, Miles Boykin has mentioned and been honest about it. Sometimes we've ran the wrong route, and we put Brandon in bad positions against Ball State. Um, so I'm going to give them a C. I may even lead towards a C-. minus. Um, all right, let's switch to the defensive side so we can get some positives in. <laughs> let's start with the defensive line, Kevin. I think the defensive line is um – actually probably the weakest part of a very strong defense interesting <laughs> so i would grade them at an a minus um the thing i guess the two people that kind of stand out obviously big tillery he's a force on the inside and they did move him to three technique uh, he's playing a little bit more on the outside so he doesn't get double teamed as much he's starting to show what dominance he can have i mean he's a physical specimen i remember when they recruited him he was if you remember high school all-american right and they didn't know whether he could play offense or defense uh but nordane was the only one that locked in and said defense all right, uh, so you're giving them an A-. minus. Um, I'll give them an A. I actually think they're the biggest strength of, of the defense, um, mainly because I love their rotation. Um, they're getting a lot of guys in. They're getting a lot of depth there, so I'll give them an A. Uh, linebackers, uh, they've been really, really good, um, no doubt about it, and I, I imagine they're the ones that you think is the strength of, of this team. 
Yeah, by far. A plus. I think Coney and Tranquil are very special. They play fast and they're very physical. Uh, we'll talk more about the depth at linebacker in the next segment. Uh, that's been a hot topic this week. For that reason, I'm giving them an A minus because uh, there's no depth there. If one of those guys goes down, we're in deep trouble at linebacker if you're a Notre Dame football fan. Um, all right, secondary. Your thoughts? Well, I think the safety play is phenomenal. I know uh, Gilman gets a lot of... Go figure, we would have said that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he gets a, a lot of uh, attention, but I think it's deserved. Uh, they, they're able to do so many more things than I've seen. Uh, Did you say Notre deserved, D- by the way? <laughs> We're going to grade you a little nice. down on the grammar skills. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. So... They, they have skills that they're able to do multiple things, and they're able to get more aggressive up front with the linebackers and the defensive line uh, because the secondary play, especially the safeties, are really good. So what did you say, Gray Boys? A. A? I'm going to give them a B plus. I think everybody's been giving them an A because we are grading them on a curve based on how horrific the safety play has been the last few years. <laughs> All right? I think they're good. I think they're really good, but I... I think we've been giving them on a curve. So if I'm not going to give them on a curve, I'm going B+. plus. All right, special teams, I think this is where we'll disagree the most. What do you got? Yeah, I think that uh, A. Have you watched the return game? <laughs> you know that's important, right? Are you going to bring it back to the, the one kickoff return against Michigan that they, they let to? <laughs> yes, that was pretty bad. That could have cost them the game. All right, well, if we look at the specialists, I'd right, say that ahead. the specialists are pretty solid. Yeah, uh, they're you, very solid. Number three in the all-time scoring list, the punter, Tyler Newsom, averaging uh, 59.6 yards a punt, flipped the field 50-plus yards five times last game. Yes. And then, of course, got to bring it back to my man, Fink. He's a good little punt returner when he catches the ball on the fly and doesn't let it bounce to him. But <laughs> I will tell you this. The, the one thing that I do think stands out is uh, in watching, reviewing the games and watching it the second time, kind of going slowly through it, Tranquil, again, yes. makes some big plays, big hits, and that, I think, helps give them an identity on special teams. You give up a touchdown on special teams and you're unable to return the ball so well, I, despite how well you punt the ball and kick the ball, I'm, gonna, I'm giving you a B. Uh, you gave them an A, but I can't, I can't go an A when you give up a kickoff return for a touchdown the way they did against Michigan. All right, coaching. <laughs> this should be fun. <laughs> all right, let's make this quick because we could talk all day about this one. Good. All right, I give them a B. All right. They have an average offense, but they have an, a, a great defense, and uh, I think solid special teams, but apparently yeah, there, we disagree. There you go. Um, I, I'd say Clark Lee has been outstanding as defensive coordinator this year. I have not been the biggest fan of Chip Long's play calling this year. I thought the way he's used book has been very interesting and in how they've kind of – it just felt random. I know they have – their reasons and their packages, but it's felt random. So I'll go B minus so far uh, for the coaching staff. Overall, what do you got? I'd say B. Again, great defense, uh, good special teams, average offense. I think some other things that they're doing well are no turnovers versus Vanderbilt. That's great. Uh, they've really reduced the negative plays on offense. And then overall, low penalties compared with their opponents so far. All right, I'm going to go with B plus. You're 3-0. I mean – if you're undefeated, you can't your your grade can't be too bad. So I'll I'll give them a B plus at that point. All right, those are our grades. If you don't like them, uh, tweet at us and yell. Uh, if you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life today coming up right after us on Redeemer Radio. Lenny D. Lorenzo, the McGrath Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame, speaks with Jeff Keating, a woodworker who not only refurnishes homes but his own parish. It's a look at the physical spaces where we worship. That's next on Church Life Today here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. All right, we are counting down the minutes until the end of our show and the start of Church Life Today. So coming up next, we'll look at the linebacker situation and how much Coney and Tranquil are playing, plus give our predictions and keys to the game. That's next when Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays returns on Redeemer Radio 95.7.
We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! You deserve more from your workout, more than sweating away extra pounds. It should transform you from the inside out with technology to prove you're improving and coaches that give you more tough love. You want more results, more confidence, more community, and more energy. Because the more you do at Orange Theory, the more you get out of life. Orange Theory Fitness. Go to orangetheory.com for a free workout. Absolutely, it's a different routine, um, and with the noon kickoff, especially, you know, you're waking up right away, we're flying out on Friday, obviously, so waking up right away, and you got to be ready to go for a noon game, so it'll be different, but I, I think the guys should adjust well, just sticking to the same traits and the process that we have. I mean, I've been slapping my face to wake myself up this morning, and when you play a noon game, when you're used to playing at 2.30, 3.30, 7.30, and it's on the road, you haven't been on the road, it, it does change up your routine. I think people... Take that for granted that things will be a little different. Wake's used to playing at noon, by the way. Yeah, well, the first away game, too, just the travel. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that's going to change up. But they are Notre Dame. They better be ready. Oh, absolutely. They better be. All right. Uh, interesting part of this game will be the tempo, the Wake Forest offense. Uh, they ran 105 plays uh, last week against Boston College. Drew Tranquil and Tavon Coney have pretty much played every single snap. Uh, so far this season at linebacker. Brian Kelly asked this week, are these guys playing too much? Here's what he had to say. They got the rest of their career to rest. I mean, they're young. We're, we're, I think we do a great job with, um, you know, taking care of our players, um, making sure that they're, they're getting treatment. But we might be making a little bit too much of how many reps they're getting. Um, they're in great shape. We'd like to find a way to, to give them a, 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 some plays off here or there. But let's go. It's football season. You got to play. Yeah, I feel great. I mean, I didn't come back uh, to play another year, win a national championship, to sit on the bench. So uh, whatever it takes at this point and feel good. I mean, it's it's ice baths. It's uh, We've got a new float tank, um, the evolutionary sleep pod. Um, and that's uh, that's been pretty clutch. Um, I'm an Epsom salt bath guy, you know, on Friday nights. But to get in there and get that uh, that level of, of salt and minerals in your body and, and to get that sleep um, has been crucial for me uh, in terms of this season. Um, and then just rehab exercises to activate the muscles you don't necessarily activate on a on a daily basis in order to protect yourself. That was Jude Tranquil. When was the last time you took an Epsom salt bath? Please don't tell me. Actually. Uh, he obviously does a good job keeping himself, but here's my issue. He does have two torn ACLs. You play a lot uh, on wear and tear on a guy for the rest of the season. That could be a problem. It might not be a problem this week, but I'm worried about November when, you know, when they usually collapse. That That's when I'm worried about Coney and Tranquil being okay. Your thoughts? They're your difference makers, and your team is a defensive team. They are the heart and soul of it. They're going to make plays. I keep them out there the whole time. All right. Well, you, they just better not get hurt because the next guy in are freshmen, Shane Simon and Bo Bauer, and yeah, they neither of them have any experience. All right. There's no better area real estate agent to turn to if you're in the market to buy or sell a home than Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett. A friend recommended Steve to us, and he was so easy to work with. Found us a home my wife and I absolutely love. So take my recommendation and contact Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett Real Estate at 574-229-4040. You can also learn more about Steve by visiting southbendsteve.com. Notre Dame facing one of the top wide receivers in the country in Greg Dortch and Notre Dame safety Jalen Elliott knows a whole lot about him playing him back in high school. Oh, they have a lot of good receivers, uh, very shifty, and uh, they run their routes very well. Um, and so, you know, just the challenge for us is to be a secondary and, and go and play and go and compete every down. Um, I think that it's important for us to uh, 
really take on that challenge and, and, and really uh, just try to win every, every down. You know, I think that's the biggest thing for us. Greg Dorch in particular just uh, catches a ton of balls. What makes him such a difficult matchup? Yeah, um, we played against him in high school. He's from my area, so uh, really really know him know him well and uh like you said he's a he's a shifty dude in space and i think that's what makes him so dangerous is that he can get away from just about anybody that's jalen elliott talking about greg dorch the wide receiver for uh wake forest this guy's outstanding 28 catches uh, already this year and he has two punt returns for touchdowns so look out for that as well uh this will not be an easy matchup for the notre dame defense today kevin no, with all the plays and all the skilled players on the outside, it's going to put some pressure on. But again, that's Notre Dame's strength is their defense. But we look back at last week, and that was a problem was seven straight possessions where uh, Vanderbilt got the ball into Notre Dame territory, five of those inside the 25, four of those inside the five. So that's a problem. All right, uh, we're down to our two-minute drill here. Um, what concerns you most if you're Brian Kelly today? I think developing offensive consistency and improvement. Uh, so then I would have my own quarterback controversy inserted i don't know man i don't get it (laughs) uh my biggest worry is will this quarterback situation blow up in my face um you you go with book you don't get the touchdown you stall out of the gate people are questioning you you put Wimbush in you stall and uh book comes in no one's questioning that so that's my biggest worry if i was him Uh, what concerns you most if you're dave claus and wake forest coach I guess which quarterback am I going to play, my freshman or the guy that's coming off of suspension? But just focus on what you do well. So get lots of plays, be up-tempo, take your shots. All right, I'd say uh, have I prepared for the right quarterback? Maybe this will work in Brian Kelly's advantage, the guessing game on who's going to play more between Wimbush and Ian Book. Keys to the game. I think it comes down to Notre Dame's strengths. So their defense, can Notre Dame dominate the game? And a big question mark, will Notre Dame have a breakout game with whoever at quarterback? All right, I'm going to say which defense will bend and not break. Uh, The offenses should move the football in this one. Who can hold them to field goals instead of touchdowns? I think that's going to ultimately be the biggest difference maker in this game. And it could come down to the special teams, which guys get the field goals and everything. You give those special teams an A, they better be an A today. They're going to need it, to say the least. All right, what's your game prediction? I say uh, Notre Dame, 35, Wake Forest, 27. All right, I think it's going to be really, really close. Notre Dame 37, Wake Forest 34. Um, so here's my reasoning on this, why I got I go with this. I, I think Wake Forest is not as good as everyone thinks they are, but every game's been close for Notre Dame. So it, it, this one's going to be close again. It's all been decided by one possession. You're on the road for the first time. So I think it's going to be close. Oh, totally. I think they're, Brian Kelly said, physical uh, blue-collar team in every game <laughs> has been interesting so far. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, where you bank does matter. Our show also presented today by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. Thanks to our audio operator today, Matt Florian, and thank you all to listening this Morning, Redeemer Radio is a nonprofit Catholic radio station brought to you in large part on listener support. This Wednesday and Thursday is our biggest fundraiser of the year, our share I will be on Thursday at 6 p.m. with our sports hour for a full lineup or to make a donation today. Please visit RedeemerRadio.com. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Wake Forest will kick off in just about two hours time. And we will finally find out, at least for now, what's the deal with the Irish quarterback situation. We close things out with a prayer from one of the team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game.